0: and welcome back. Today, we welcome Ralph Lardiri on the So Rude Podcast. Ralph is a health promotion and well-being engagement professional and health coach from Pennsylvania. Throughout Ralph's career, he has worked in both the corporate and consultant sides of wellness and has built program offerings for companies from the ground up. Ralph and I met when I had the opportunity to intern for him during my senior year of college, and I learned so much during my time working for him from just Having confidence and the willingness to ask good questions, we made a point to stay in touch. And he was one of the first people I ever told I was thinking about starting a podcast. Today, I am so lucky to have him as a guest. Ralph, thank you so much for coming on the So Rude podcast.
1: Paige, hey, truly my pleasure. It's really exciting to watch you really uh, evolve this podcast. We've talked about this. You mentioned it to me a few years ago, and now you've been doing it. I'm a fan, I've been listening. You're just doing a phenomenal job. So I'm happy to be a part of it and love to share
0: some of my work in this field. Oh, uh, thank you, Ralph. I so appreciate that. And I I really appreciate you listening and tuning in. And we've been able to catch up after some episodes. So that's been so fun. I I'm really excited for today. How's your day going so far? You
1: no, know, it's a beautiful sunny day. Uh, I got a chance to get my workout in this morning. So I got off on a good start. My boys are off at the gym on their own. So I've got some free time and
0: It's a beautiful day for sure. Oh, that's so fun. So I know I introduced you just a little bit, but can you tell us a little bit more about you and your background? Sure.
1: You know, I've had the opportunity to to work in health promotion literally my entire career. I started out as a personal trainer right out of college. I graduated from William Patterson University back in the late 80s. I had a love for sports and, and health and Really, yeah, you know, I was fortunate to stumble into the health promotion field via my major in health education. In fact, I remember to this day having a conversation with my advisor my senior year about corporate wellness, and his advice was, well, Ralph, it's a good field, but there's not a lot of jobs there, so I don't know how successful you will be, but good luck with that. You know, I kept that in mind, but more importantly, made some connections, and very early on in my career, got my first job in corporate wellness back in 1990, believe it or not, with a company called Herman Sporting Goods. I was a big sports fan at the time, very active in sports. This was a great company in Carteret, New Jersey. And truly, I was like a kid in a candy store, working for a sporting goods company, doing what I love to do in corporate wellness. And it was my first job in wellness. And um, I tell you what, it's been uh, quite a roller coaster ride since then.
0: Yeah. Clearly you have so much experience to bring to the field. And you said that you started as in college, your major was in health. Were you always interested in health and behavior change? Was it through the sports particular that you picked that major? How did you decide I, I want to work in this field? You no, know, great question. It was interesting. I had a really big dream or a BHAG,
1: a big, hairy, audacious goal when I was a kid. I wanted to be Bo Jackson before Bo Jackson. So, Paige, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Do you know who Bo Jackson is and what his claim to fame is by any chance?
0: I don't know who Bo Jackson is, (laughs) but please tell me.
1: So, Bo Jackson was a very good professional athlete who happened to play professional baseball and professional football. So, I had a dream. Bo kind of set the stage, but I realized very early on that dream came to a crashing halt my senior year in high school when no colleges were beating down my door to be a college athlete. I tried to walk on at William Patterson College as a baseball player, did not make that team, but I love sports. It kept me in great shape physically and mentally and emotionally. I performed at a pretty high level. I love the camaraderie and the teamwork. And I realized early on why I wanted to be a professional athlete. Cause I want to do something I'd love to do and I love playing sports. So when it came time to pick a career, And a major, I said, you know what? I want to do something that I truly love to do. And being physically fit, emotionally strong, and mentally strong, I moved in that direction. And I found out about health education, thought I wanted to teach health ed in the classroom. It didn't work out that way. And again, as my journey continued while I was in college, I wanted to uh, explore this field of corporate wellness. Johnson & Johnson started this back probably in the early to mid-70s. And um learned about that and I was fortunate enough to kind of pave my way and, and and find a find a path in that in that movement.
0: Oh wow. So did you stay involved with baseball at all even after college? Are you still a fan? Well, it's
1: funny you mentioned that, you know, I, I played baseball well into my mid-30s. I got married a little bit later in life and started having boys. And I had three boys and I coached them all in baseball from the time they were four and five. In fact, my youngest is 12 years old and I'm still actively involved, coaching him and being involved. And now believe it or not, I'm, I'm being trained as an umpire along with my two older boys. So we'll be umpiring little league baseball. And uh, so, yeah, I'm really cl- very closely connected to sports and baseball and basketball, longtime basketball official. So it really is a passion of mine and it really helped me to choose the direction in my path as it relates to wellness.
0: Oh, that's so fun and a great opportunity for you to spend time with your kids and doing something that's active, not just, you know, not that watching TV at the end of the day is a bad thing, but it's nice to get to do something active and, and move together.
1: You know, in fact, I love doing it. In fact, the only challenge I had, I had not figured out how to be at two places at one time because when they were young, they'd have games on the same day at the same time. So I had to, you know, pick and choose. But there was always games going on and practices during the week and games on the weekend. Yeah, loved it. Kept me moving, kept me active, kept me doing what I love to do as a coach. And now I'm a health coach.
0: Yeah. You didn't figure it out, Ralph? You didn't figure out how to be in two places at once? No, Paige, if you can help me with that, I would really appreciate that for sure. (laughs) When I finally figure it out, I'll be sure to let you know. (laughs) And so as we think about the last two years, people have been at home Some people had to put their health to the side, especially based off all the other things going on. But over the course of your career, what do you think is most important for individuals to understand when they're looking for a health coach or they're looking for someone to help them with their wellness goals? Is there anything that they should be looking for when they're looking for those resources?
1: You know, I was absolutely, you know, again, I started in this profession as a personal trainer and got some great training and went out on my own for a little while as a personal trainer. And then went on to work for some great companies like Herman Sporting Goods and American Standard Companies and ultimately Wawa, and had some great training as it relates to health coaching and wellness and really helping people to understand, most importantly, what's important to them, helping them to be the best they can be for what's most important in their lives. And for that individual to find someone who they can connect with, And more importantly, be totally real and honest and authentic with, and then form a relationship that will help them to move in a direction that would allow them to achieve some of those health and wellness and fitness goals. So it is something that's become really, really important, especially since the pandemic. Obviously, the last couple of years have been a challenge for a lot of people. It's created this new normal, this new way of working. A lot of people are working from home and it's really challenging people not only you know from a physical perspective or from a mental well-being perspective as well. So there is huge opportunity. Obviously, I'm partial. I'm a health coach. I think we serve a great role. And if people are open to it and really want to be in the driver's seat, because as a health coach, I literally envision myself in the passenger seat, sitting along someone in the driver's seat, helping them move in the direction that they want to move in to get the results they're looking for.
0: Yeah, and I love what you said about you started off by saying what's important to them because sometimes it's so easy to add a blanket statement of, you know, I want to lose 25 pounds or I want to be healthy, but if you don't really know why you're doing that or what is even healthy to you, how do you know when you reached that goal? You know?
1: Yeah. Again, goal setting is huge. And you know, I also, I launched the Wawa program and developed their fit to the fly five. And I think wellness can be very basic and simple, but it's not easy. And it could be as basic and simple as eat right, move more. And in Wawa's case, it was quit tobacco, inspire others and have fun. But that have fun piece, I think, is just vital. As human beings, I think we're social beings, we're spiritual beings. It's important for us to be around other people, but it's also important for us to have just some success and feel good about ourselves and what we're doing and to have fun. So from a wellness perspective, and since working at home, I think a lot of people are, we're confined to their homes and kind of get caught in the same day-to-day activities. I think we're creatures of habit. So the idea is to find a routine that creates habits that can support you to be the best version of yourself.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's crazy how much habits impact your life, because I still remember like my family, we had this habit of every time we got in the car and we stopped for gas we would buy a a beverage and it was never water, you know, it was some type of like sugary beverage. And then it went from like juices to like iced coffees and such. And I never realized that was a habit until as an adult, and I was driving myself, I found myself falling into the same pattern. Every time I got in the car, you know, you're stopping for coffee. And it's like, when did that even start? And then you realize, you know what, I never even had to think it was just something I was always doing. And then you have to put energy behind changing and actually having to rebuild a new habit. Great example, Paige. And again, that
1: started young for you. And obviously you have an emotional connection to that whole experience and it carried on into adulthood. But I think that's the beauty of where we are now to be able to be present, to be in the moment, and to take a good close look at some of the things that are driving our behavior and those habits. You know, and I believe from a behavior change perspective and what I'm learning now, I'm also a part-time health coach for a nationally recognized weight loss company and a full-time health coach with a nationally recognized pharmacy. Behavior change, it's interesting, it's challenging, but at the same time with some awareness and some effort and the ability to make some small changes that over time can produce some big results can be a lot of fun and very empowering for sure.
0: Yeah. And I love what you said about small changes over time. I have a follow up question to that, which is for many people that have been sitting at home, maybe they used to go to the gym and have that part of their routine, or they used to be cooking more balanced meals and just naturally through stress and the last couple of years, maybe some of those things fell by the wayside. So if someone was sitting here listening to this episode and they're like, well, I don't even know where to start. Like, do you have a tip or maybe something you would say like, this is an easy win. Let's like s- start here or or maybe not. I was just curious.
1: Yeah, you know, again, it's a great question. And I think it is about small changes. But to your point, let's make this as simple and as easy as possible. And from a routine perspective, what I've learned over the years, it was really pretty interesting. When I was at American Standard Companies, I was there for 12 years and I managed their on-site wellness facility and fitness facility i opened up that facility at 5 45 in the morning and i can honestly tell you that i saw the same people for about 12 years at wow. that time meaning those folks were in the habit they started their day each day getting up early and getting to work and getting in their activity or in their exercise and they literally showered more at work than they showered at home it was a habit for them it was part of their routine And what I took away from that experience was now I had to be there, obviously. Mm -hmm. So I was in the habit of getting up early and I had to Mm -hmm. unlock the doors at 545 in the morning. Those folks did not have to be there, but they were there because A, it was part of the routine. B, it was important to them, but after a while, they were on automatic pilot. So when people ask me, well, when's the best time of the day to exercise, I I would often say, or when's the best time to be active? Well, when's the best time for your schedule? Because in the end, it's what's important is what we make important as individuals. But then if they want to go a little deeper, what's going to ensure my success to build that habit? Well, then I would say then if you, we're not all morning people, but if you put in the energy and the effort to get up a little bit early, just even 15 or 20 minutes to start that, you'd be surprised the behavior change you can achieve by something as simple as, right, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go to go to bed in my workout attire. I'm going to get up 15 minutes earlier and I'm going to take a five minute walk. But to start your day with some sort of routine or activity that'll get you moving. And that to me is probably the best place to start because in the the end, it's about managing our daily energy. And I was fortunate enough to work with Wawa and study at the Human Force Institute and understand the importance of managing our daily energy and expanding capacity what they call the four dimensions, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. But in the end, the physical part of it, we all can relate to that. And that's where our energy is certainly starts. So if I had to start in one place to be the most basic, just get up and get moving as early as you can, because it'll get you moving in the right direction. It'll get the blood flowing. It'll get the energy
0: going. And more importantly, get your thinking right and your mindset right. So that's where I would start. Yeah. I'm so happy you brought up the concept of energy because over the years we've known each other. I've heard you use that phrase before, like managing your energy. And I was always so intrigued because I wasn't exactly sure, like, what does that mean? Or how does someone do it? So you shared, there's like four different quadrants. Can you just talk a little bit more about why it's important someone should manage their energy and and what type of, whether it's like a health benefit or just a life benefit you've seen from the people who've been able to successfully do that?
1: Yeah, no, sure. I, you know, it's really, it's really kind of amazing because it really, it's kind of a paradigm shift. Understanding that physically, mental, emotional, and spiritual energy—they're all connected. When our energy is in, impacted in one area, it impacts the other area, whether it's negative or positive. So emotionally, if we are drained or we're having some challenge, it will impact us physically and mentally. So in the end, those four dimensions are interconnected. And if we could understand that the energy we have each day is not infinite, it's definitely finite, we need to go to bed every day, we need to reset, we need to move in a direction that allows our physical, mental, spiritual, emotional energy to be kind of uplifted or rejuvenated. So in each of those dimensions, we have an opportunity physically, the easiest way to really improve your energy is to be up and be moving. And a, you know a great example I like to use, like at work, I have a standing workstation at at home. I started that when I was at Wawa. That trend probably started in 2010, and just about every major organization gives individuals an opportunity to have an adjustable station because we know getting up and getting moving allows our whole being to be, from an energy perspective, improved. Not only physically but mentally and emotionally and spiritually as well. And then the other big thing, I think, which we fail to realize when when we're operating at our best, and I I believe part of my job as a health coach is to help individuals really define for them what is the best version of themselves or what allows them to play their A game, their best game. And if we can understand what is the why behind what it is we're trying to do, whether it's professionally, whether it's with wellness goals, whether it's with our children, trying to help them be better individuals, we get real clear on what our role is, and what our why is, that's the spiritual energy piece. And I believe it starts there. And with a clear understanding of that, then we can get super focused, and then take a really good look at where are we coming up short? What's working? Well, where are we getting stuck? And more importantly, not only what can I do differently. But what will I do differently? So not sure if that answers the question, but from an energy management perspective, it's all connected physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual energy. And our ability each day to try and expand that and fuel that would allow us to be able to, I'll say, operate at a higher level in all of those areas.
0: Yeah. And like you said, if you're not necessarily a morning person, 7 o'clock p.m., That's your go time. Take advantage of it and build your schedule around your energy peaks and flows. Um, Yeah, I love that suggestion. Your career has given you the chance to work with individuals, corporations, and employee populations. Is there one that you've liked the most over time or is there one segment of population that you think needs the biggest improvement or attention just in general or even just right now? Well, you know that's a great question. I think early on for me, it was really important as a personal trainer
1: that a I'd love working with people one on one and individually, but I believe that I would have failed that individual if that I'd not helped impart some of the knowledge that I had that allowed them to be self-motivated to again, kind of evolve for them to do it on their own. And then when I really got heavily involved in corporate wellness and launch programs and and lead programs. To be able to engage literally, in some cases, thousands of people on a wellness journey was probably the most gratifying, exciting for me because it tied into the really what was most important to the organization, meaning the organization mission and purpose. And I'm a true HR guy, meaning the most valuable resource for a company is the human resource, the people that work for the company. So if I can get help those people be the best they can be, then there's no doubt in my mind the company will be the best it can be.
0: Oh, I love that. One thing working with Ralph over the years, he's like the best motivational speaker. So if you're not already getting that vibe, you'll hear it throughout more of today's episode. But yeah, I always feel so energized whenever, whenever we chat. And you were talking about how at a company, the employee population, that's their biggest asset. They're the ones going out and, and doing the work to help the company to grow and flourish. And so thinking about just how many people are working from home right now, they're at their house, they can't necessarily benefit from seeing people in person or doing programming in person. So is there anything that you think would be helpful for those people when they're, I don't want to use the word isolated, but when they're isolated at home, like ways that they can start to think about their own well being? maybe if their company is not even offering a program.
1: Yeah, you know, great question. I think that isolation is causing a lot of challenges for folks as they're feeling separated, disconnected. Mentally and emotionally, it can be draining. It could be a real downer. What I would say to me, the technology now, like we're talking on Zoom right now, 15 years ago, that, that wasn't even an option. I'm a big fan of the smartphone, although I was a late adapter. And in fact, I'll never forget, I was reading a book to my one of my boys when they were young. It was a National Geographic fun facts. And I learned this one fact, and I've shared this for years through my experience as a trainer, as a coach. Here's something, Paige, you may not be aware of this, but there are more smartphones sold around the world every day than babies being born. It is probably the most powerful tool that any one of us could have access to. And what I've also noticed over the years, whether you're making $10 an hour or over $100,000 a year, There's a very strong possibility you will have a smartphone. And the reason is it gives us the freedom and the access to do and be connected to what is most important to us. And the smartphone now, whether it's connecting with Zoom, whether it's listening to a podcast like yours, whether it's going on YouTube or finding some kind of motivational or inspirational videos, there is so much opportunity there to be connected. I think the challenge is is to find out, again, what's most important to you as an individual and to explore and find ways to get connected to some way, some thing, some program, some person like your podcast that you find inspires you, enables you to feel connected to something bigger and grander that allows you to, again, to feel good and more importantly, inspires you to take some other steps to be the best that you can be.
0: That's such an important point because when I had done a work from home podcast earlier this year, I had talked about how important it is to like join social circles. Like if you're sitting in your house and you're all by yourself all day long and you're someone that enjoys other people's interaction, then you need to, you know, you have your nine to five but then you can have your five to nine where you're going off and you're whether it's through Zoom, like you said, and, and the technology piece, find your community, find your tribe, so to speak. So you have something socially that you can look forward to as well while you are working during the day to help fund those parts of your lifestyle. You no, know, I love that. Find your tribe.
1: Exactly. There's so much out there. and I think that gets back to really being clear on what brings us joy? What do we love to do? I've heard you talk about that in the past as well. You went on a, a vacation on your own and you really went out to explore the world and connect to music and just to be out there. That's an incredible experience that now no one can take away from you. But more importantly now, and from my perspective, that goes into your back pocket as it now builds to your confidence to do other things like that, which allows you to connect to the world in a way which you've never connected to before. So I think that's incredibly powerful for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. And so you mentioned standing desks. So when I had done my work from home episode, Ralph, he called me and he's like, Paige, I loved this episode, but like you didn't talk about standing desks. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so true. Um, Actually, I was interning at Wawa, which is where Ralph and I met and they had standing desks in the office. They were rolling out a pilot program, helping employees throughout the corporate office, test out standing desks. And so I'm just curious, like people working from home, you think it's a good choice? You think people should look into it if they can? No, I really do. And in fact, it does not have to be a large investment. And I remember you on that podcast
1: around working from home, some companies would allow you to make an investment and may even pay for the whole thing. But you can very easily start on your own with putting on your desk a box. And on top of that box, put your computer to elevate yourself where you can you know, have your phone next to you, of course, where you can be up and about. And again, I wouldn't start out eight hours on your feet, obviously, but you can play with that. And to me, it does make a difference. And there's no doubt some things like now on this call with Paige, I'm standing right now and I find that from an energy perspective, I just have more freedom and more energy. But if I'm working on a spreadsheet and I need to be focused, those are things of times where I need to be sitting down And I can easily adjust my my station. So give that a shot. It does not have to be expensive. You can play around with it early on to get a feel for that. My desk, there's a window literally right in front of me where I can see front of my neighborhood. I've got an environment in my space. I got pictures of my kids in the wall and some other things. So I'm creating my space. But yeah, I think the standing work option is just a great option. It really, really is. And Unless you've tried it, You'll, you'll never know how beneficial it can be for you. So definitely give that a shot. It's not to be a big investment. And it would not surprise me at all that if you did like that, you reach out to your company. If they didn't pay for all the very desk, that's a very popular brand, they would pay for part of uh, some sort of standing desk option for you.
0: Yeah, and I like how you said like investing because sometimes people think about investing in like the financial space like around cryptocurrencies or or stocks and you know that's great but there's also something to be said about investing in your health and well-being because it's a fact that everyone's getting older every single day and time is the one piece of life that really does only move forward you can't always move it back and so taking the time to invest in your health and wellness is just as important as other areas to invest in. Well, it is an investment. That's incredibly
1: well said. And whether it's a gym membership or a piece of home exercise equipment or a standing desk or a sit to stand desk, that that is an investment. And those investments, I believe if you're using them, the ROI and those investments are incredible. They're worth a million dollars, but you know, and I know People either have home exercise equipment, that they start out with some great attentions, and then before you know it, it becomes a clothes hanger or something to collect dust. But you can very easily take the clothes off, dust it off, and get it going. Same thing with a gym membership. If you're using something like that, and that's getting you out and getting you moving, that's an investment in your well-being, that the return on that is just huge. There's no doubt about that in my mind.
0: Yeah. And so earlier on, you were sharing with us that you've worked with people individually as a health coach. You've worked on programming for you know employees or bigger populations. Is there any type of characteristic or personality or anything you've noticed of what helps the people that decide to make a behavior change and they stick with it? And is there anything that you've seen like, oh, I've noticed this trend that these types of people or these types of at, you know, anything, circumstances, those people aren't able to keep it up longer? I'm just curious.
1: You know, that is, wow, that's a very good question, Paige. And as I look back at it, and I've worked with literally thousands of people over the years, and the one thing I will say that jumps out at me is, first off, attitude is everything. And I've worked with people that have a great attitude. They want to make a change from a behavior change perspective. They're ready to do that. I've worked with some folks that were very hesitant initially, but they stuck with it. And that attitude came up in a big way that allowed them to continue. But in the end, yeah, you know what? There's no doubt that health often motivates people to make change. The way we look will sometimes motivate people to make change. An upcoming wedding or anniversary or school reunion will sometimes motivate people to make change. But in the end, I honestly believe it's really that attitude and a really big motivation or why, like what is the what is the driving force? So I, I can't pinpoint it to any one specific thing, but I will say, and I'm sure you've heard it before, your listeners have heard it before, attitude is everything. And if you believe you can't, you won't. If you believe, you know what, I can do this, I can get this done and with the right coaching, the right information, with the resiliency to do it you can get it done for sure.
0: Yeah. I love that. Attitude is king. Attitude is everything because yeah, I I do agree. Like if you don't think something's going to work out, then you're not, maybe you won't put the right energy behind it or you won't keep searching for answers. And so it kind of all depends on how are you starting off? Are you starting off and and keeping a positive mindset? Yeah. I really love that. As you've been working with people, you commented earlier that the smartphone and the internet is just changing the landscape when it comes to just life in general. But I'm curious, do you see the industry of health and wellness changing in the future? Or do you have any predictions or things that you think are going to become really important in the next like five, 10 years? Anything that stands out to you? Yeah, I, I think it does
1: stand out. And again, when I was at Wawa, I was, you know, saw the trend early on. For example, like YouTube, and that was well before TikTok or any other kind of things like that kind of came around. And then the pandemic hits and you're seeing telemedicine just exploding. You're seeing from a mental wellness and and health perspective, people getting help via the phone or via Zoom, don't have to go to someone's office to get some help. Companies are realizing you need to meet people where they are. And right now they're at home. So as it relates to telemedicine, teledocs, mental well-being, self-care is huge right now. And you see apps, whether it be Zoom or whether it be Calm, you know, there are thousands of apps out there that can help people from from a being more mindful, from a meditation perspective. They're realizing that access now is just incredibly unlimited. And people, you can literally meet people where they are. Via their phone or their computer, so I would say that the big trend we're starting to see now is that, um, you know, I think the days are long gone for the most part where you know you're having trouble getting a doctor's appointment because you want, and when you do, you only see your doc for five minutes. You can see having a teledoc appointment in a matter of probably minutes, and could probably get fifteen or twenty minutes uninterrupted time with a teledoc. So you're seeing a lot more. A lot more opportunities in that area. And then, you know, really uh, companies trying to bring wellness and health to them, meaning their community for easy access and for convenience that allows them to connect very simply and when they need to connect and when they want to connect.
0: I do believe that the telehealth, that's such a great, insightful comment that the telehealth is going to be just this new wave because especially I think about employees that would have to take time off of work or what maybe would have to drive over an hour or so to reach their, that doctor that they want to see. And maybe you work in the type of role where you don't have sick days, or maybe you don't have the opportunity to take that time off because it's going to be unpaid. And Hey, that, that difference of four hours of pay is food on the table for your family. Like, I think that's such a good point that we might see we're going to see a shift in that. I think and companies should be paying attention to that as well. Like, are you truly offering the best benefits for your employees? So that way, you know, they can give their all during the day and have their needs met as well.
1: Yeah, no. And they they are aware of that. And companies realize, especially now the market, I was telling my younger boys, there'll never be a, a better time probably in their lives to find a job because companies need people. And for whatever reason, there's a big shortage of folks, And again, this gets back to the human resource person that I am. People are the most valuable resource and companies are competing. And that benefit package better be strong. And they realize from a self-care and a mental health perspective and a EAP perspective, they've got to leverage the key technologies that allow people to be as healthy as possible. More importantly, find the help they need when they need it. And it could literally be at their fingertips through their smartphone for sure.
0: Yeah, and just the wave of the more I think companies meet the needs of their employees, I think there's this big comment around longevity and how people aren't staying in roles very long. Everyone's moving on. It's like, well, people are trying to find what works best for them and is the best fit. And so I think if if what they find starts to meet their needs, you'll start to see, hey, maybe people will, Stay a little longer, and you won't see such a high turnover that you were seeing in the in the last couple of years.
1: You know, and, and there's no doubt about that. That is true patience. I, I've learned over the years, as it relates to being a personal trainer and a health coach, I've wearing a lot of hats. But over the years, I can tell you, I've had multiple conversations with individuals who are just miserable with their jobs or at their job. And my advice to them was: Listen, you have two options: change your attitude about your job, or change jobs. And if your company is really respecting you and treating you well, you won't have a reason to leave. But conversely, if that is happening, good people won't stand for that. And there are other companies, other opportunities. And I think companies realize that. And when they have someone who is on board and is all in on the mission and the vision and the purpose, they want to keep that person around. They want to make sure they're the best they can be and give them those benefits that allow them to stay
0: healthy and stay productive and to stick around hopefully for 5 10 or 15 years. And I can I can definitely relate to what you were saying like since graduating college you know you're trying to find where you fit. I finally found a place that I feel like I fit really well and I enjoy it and yeah like the minute you think the minute you're pretty satisfied with the company and and where you're at like yeah you're not looking you're just you're seeing where you can grow and and I think that's really important. And so as you were talking and you were sharing how YouTube is really important and and the social media is an opportunity. With the rise of the internet, we've also seen the rise of these health influencers, people online that are sharing health information. You know, Some of it is probably really helpful. Some of it may be not so helpful or not really grounded in any type of fact or legitimacy. And so I'm just curious, do you have any suggestions as people consume more and more of the internet how can they start to weigh these things that they're hearing and say, you know that that might be something really worth following or hey, this this seems a little off the cusp here. i'm gonna I'm gonna leave that there and, and not dabble in that.
1: You know, great point. And, and I think it's it down to you. you've got to do your uh, due diligence. And whoever you're watching is what they're stating or what they're recommending? Is it based in science and is it factual? And that's the beauty of the internet. We have the opportunity to do some research for ourselves and at the same time, yeah, I I think in the end, using our our intellect and our reason, is this science-based, is this factual, what is this person's credentials and more importantly, where have they been, what have they done, who have they helped and a lot of large organizations, they'll do all that work for us, believe it or not and any any of the folks they recommend or programs they recommend, you can be rest assured they are medically approved, they are doctor-safe. They are based in science. They are based in fact. But the Internet, you know, so some refer to it as the wild, wild west. You can find just about anything on the Internet, obviously. And I think that to me, I like the freedom of knowing that, OK, I can go out there. But then in the end, it really is on me to do my homework and do my due diligence. And is this what this person is saying and doing? Is this based in truth and fact and science? And has it helped other people? And will it help me? Ultimately, I get to make that decision.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. You just, you can't just read it at face value. And if you find facts that are supporting it, great, give it a shot. And if not, then maybe that's something you don't want to mess with. Yeah. You've done so much in your career. You've worked with organizations and individuals. And is there anything on your bucket list? Anything you still, you're still hoping to achieve one day or something you want to focus on a special project in the future? You know, a couple, that's a great question. In fact, I'm working on a kid's book, an animated kid's book.
1: So connected to sports and helping young people be the best version of themselves. It's actually the A-game guy based on a character that I developed when I was at Wawa, who's kind of looks like me, kind of like this superhero, but just some fun things like that. I love sports. I love coaching. I love helping people be the best they can be. So that, that kind of comes to mind for me. I think I'd also love to teach at the college level and help young people um, really contribute because everything is evolving and growing. And health promotion today is not what it was 15 years ago. And what it is today will be totally different 20 years from now. And to really leverage the learning and help people to really find out, most importantly, what is their passion? Where can they help? and help inspire others to really contribute in a big way. So those are two things that come to mind for me in that regard, Paige.
0: Yeah, that sounds so fun. And it's so powerful that you're working on a kid's book because I think so much of our self, the way we view ourselves and the way we view the world, it really does get established and really ingrained at early ages. And it's only until you're older that you start to think and question and say, is is this the best perspective or or maybe I should shift? the way i'm looking at the world and so i think that's super cool and i can't wait to hear when it comes out you'll have to let us know oh no doubt sir will for sure and so ralph it's been so great having you i think everyone's really enjoyed this episode and and hearing the information that you're sharing where can people find you online if they're interested in learning more i would say right now it would
1: be my linkedin page so feel free to connect with me on linkedin love to connect if you have any questions or anything maybe i can help you with definitely shoot me a shoot me a comment and connect there. That'd be probably the easiest place to to do that.
0: Wonderful. And I'll have that link down in the description so people can find that link easily. And so Ralph, every time I have a guest on the So Rude podcast, I always close with the same question, which is, if you could tell your younger self one thing, what would it be?
1: Wow, I love that. That one thing, dream big. Dream big and shoot for the stars.
0: Yeah. You never know where it's going to take you. That's exactly right. Oh, man. Well, Ralph, it was such a pleasure having you on today's episode. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on here.
1: Truly, Paige, an honor for me to be a part of this, uh, your crew. And again, keep doing what you're doing, Paige. You are just great to listen to. You are so real and so authentic. And I know a lot of people just love connecting with you and just learning and, and growing with you. So I appreciate that. Thank you.
0: Thank you. And so everyone, if you enjoyed today's episode, please feel free to reach out to me on Instagram at so rude And let me know, let me know what resonated with you, or if you're looking to change any health and wellness goals, please share them. I'd love to support you in that journey. And as always have a fantastic day. And I can't wait to chat with you next time. All right now. Bye.